755 is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome back to 755 is real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for The Athletic. I'm with my co-host Eric O'Flaherty. What's happening out in Seattle, Eric? What's up, Dave? And we got our special guest today. Well, not so special anymore, but still a good guest. (laughs) Still a good guest. <laughs> That's great. Pete that Moylan. Pete Moylan. Thanks, Doug. Ladies and gentlemen, Pete Moylan is with you know, us well, again we, today. We couldn't find anyone else, so we just went back to the well and got this fella. Well, all, nobody, Thanks, nobody else returned our calls, and we said, "Well, Pete's always home. He doesn't do anything yeah. else. <laughs> He's got nothing going on. He does his pregame shows from at, from home now. He doesn't even leave the house. That's right. But they're good, though. Got to, I got to tell you, I got to commend you on those pregame shows, man. I was going, I was meant to tell you. I, I should have done Thank it. You. I should have done it publicly like this, but I like them. Those little interviews are good. Adds a lot to the show. It's different, man. It's different. You know, it's um, it's uh, it's it's strange having to ask questions instead of yeah. just, just knowing the answers. You know what I mean? But get, uh, it, I'm enjoying it. It's good, yeah, and I get to read up on the players a little bit. You know, it's uh, yeah. a little bit further than just what their 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 reference page says. Um, I get to you know try and find some stuff that they haven't talked about in a while and. and bring that up so it's cool probably gives you some respect for our job right when a guy answers with a really short answer and you're going okay now i gotta follow right. it up yeah. with something i absolutely do um yeah it um but i haven't had anyone that's kind of i i think once they because i don't know if it's just well, my personality or the fact that they know that i'm i've, I've played and i'm play, not doing anything to try and throw them under the bus and and I'm trying to yeah. make everybody look good. That's what I, that's what I'm trying to do. Whereas, you know, sometimes right. Dave, you've been known to try and you know get the wow. shitty stories. Wow. I'm just, maybe they're also maybe. they're also picking the best guys for you that that are good to be interviewed. They're not going to bring up guys that don't want to talk. So <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. sometimes have that option. Um. Right. Yeah, you've got to go here with the hot hand. Well, so although although right true. now we're not. We're, but you've got to also you've got to also ask mercy. questions when people are, are fuming too. Like, oh, yeah, hey, right why'd you throw that pitch? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what, Dave? Go fuck I don't know why I threw that fucking pitch, mate. <laughs> yeah. Well, right now that's kind of all out the set aside because we're kind of at their mercy to bring in who they want after the game. So, but they've been pretty good about it so far. It's worked out better than I thought it would. You know, they yeah. don't bring in somebody before the game who hasn't played in four days, you know. Uh, hey, Charlie Culberson like is guest today. And, uh, you know. <laughs> right. If, if Adam Duvall hits three bombs, they're not yeah. going to bring Nick Marquez. Exactly. And go, what do you think about Adam Duvall? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They've, been, they've done a good job with that. So Good. But um, So, speaking of uh, Adam Duvall, I wanted to start with talking about this historic feat that Adam Duvall and Marcelo Zuna pulled off Tuesday and Wednesday at Fenway. And it truly was mm. historic. I know we kind of use that term, throw it around a little loosely at times, but they became the first teammates in Major League history. That's 150-some years of baseball to have three home runs in consecutive games. I was kind of shocked that it had never been done before, but they are the first to ever do it. I mean, that's crazy, man. Marcelo mm. Zuna and Adam Duvall. What would you think? Yeah. What did you think watching that I, um, when it happened again? I it was incredible, obviously. <laughs> um but just the just the 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 sound and the velocity that the balls are coming off the bats and yes. it just it just it just sounds different and I you know I I'm sure I'm sure that when the decision was made as to what balls were going to be used because I know they they know which balls are going to do what. Yeah. Um in a 60 game season yeah. 
the choice to have an, a, to, a tightless ball would probably be the best decision. I yeah. mean, I, we're hitting, we're seeing guys hitting one foot homers and, and, you know, front foot off the end of the bat homers. But I mean, it's, it's unfortunate if you're a pitcher right now, but you've also, you know, there's also things that you can do as a pitcher to, to help negate that. So I think I, I, that's fair game, man. It's just, everyone's using the same, as yeah, long as everyone's using the same, using the same balls. balls. It's, it's, right. It's, right. As long as they're not rotating them in for a series here and there, you know, as long as they're using them the whole season and everybody's using them. But I, I'm a guy agree with you though. I think they definitely decided what are we going to do is the normal ball or the right. one from last year in this season where we want to get as many eyes as we can on these games. You know, we got, we can't, I've lose seen probably like f- 10 times this year. I've seen a ball hit that nobody's ever seen a ball hit there before. Like the ball Zuna hit at Fenway. So somebody hit one in Kansas city last night on top of the stairs and, yep. and you're seeing it. I mean, it, almost in every stadium, you're seeing these balls yep. that everybody's like, I've never. And somebody went upper deck left field at, at uh, Camden Yards the other day. Um, in City Field, third deck facade. Uh, Riley Great. did that. Yeah. 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 And it's what, 405? They, they guess it at 405. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll get to the ridiculous <laughs> estimates here in a bit. But yeah. And then the opposite field homers, you know, opposite that feels crazy. They just keep going. You're like, okay, that's yeah. going to be caught at the track. No, it's going to go 20 rows deep. And it's not Miguel Cabrera doing it. You know, it's the eight-hole hitter. Or Juan Soto. Yeah. It'd be the eight-hole hitter, second baseman. It's about 5'10", 175, and he's going upper deck opposite field. Yeah. So we're not saying the ball's a juice, but we're not saying if, anybody, not. if anybody's ever going to do the three homers in consecutive uh, games again, it better happen this year or we <laughs> might never see it again. <laughs> yeah. Those guys might have their spot, their names mm. in history forever. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So the only time that, uh, and, I that, mean, there, I mean, when you have to go back to Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig in 1930 to find when two teammates had three homer games on consecutive days, but those were at the front and back end of a doubleheader. So there were two games between them, actually. But that's where you had to go back to find it no, when it had been done a century, basically. And and no disrespect to Marcelo Zuna. No, those balls were crushed. That Zuna they're not, those, they were absolutely smashed. Right. Yeah. Right. They're gone with any ball. Absolutely smashed. But right. I agree. Yeah. I, I agree. But right. Um, but no offense. You know, but look at what De- not the, the fact that Duval is doing this. Yeah. But no offense. Like they're, they're not, not the, the Iron Horse and the Bay. Doing it. They're not yeah. Babe Ruth right. and the Iron Horse. Correct. <laughs> right. Right. Correct. <laughs> they're damn good. But <laughs> yeah. And and even uh, like just to touch on Duval even more. What he what he did going down to AAA, and I know people talk about yeah. it all the time, and, and but it's just so amazing. Yeah, the comeback that he's been able to do, and he's front runner for comeback player of the year right now for sure. No doubt, no doubt. This who is else, a guy that who had else, back, who else would be? People forget he had back to back thirty homer seasons in Cincinnati, and it wasn't because of they had yeah. the Great American Small Park. He actually had more homers on the road. Yeah, over that two year right. span than at home. But you thought he had lost it when he came over here because he was, I mean, he did nothing after that trade deadline when he came over here. He was terrible. And then the next year, there wasn't yeah. a spot for him, so he spent almost the entire year in AAA. But all he did was go down there and hit bombs. And then came when he came up here to fill in for Nick, he kept hitting bombs. Yeah. Yeah, it's been. Did he talk, has he talked about what, what changed and what clicked for him? Or is it just, he just went back to <laughs> basics? Yeah, he went back to his. He, I think he looked at video. You know, when he went down to AAA, he looked at video, got back to doing what he was doing before. You know, all the typical stuff. You know, step. You know, balls in his zone, not chasing all that kind of stuff. But you know, got in good shape. But I don't think it was anything radical. 
I mean, he had done it before. He knew he could do it again. He's still not, he's still young, you know? Yeah. But, uh, I was, uh, I was speaking to Riley the other day about, interestingly, about the, how hitters use analytics compared to pitchers. Mm-hmm. And I, I was wondering if, if there was anything like that where there, there was something measurable where he could have gone back to when he was on fire and, and see something in his mm-hmm. swing or measure something like you could with the spin rate and efficiency that you do with pitchers. Mm-hmm. Um, and Riley was kind of talking about how it was more tendencies and, and which way the ball's going to go on fastballs and whether it's going to sink or ride. That was more what they use that stuff for, so, which I, I found that mm-hmm. Interesting. So it's really advantage pitches, I, I think. Pitch selection too, though. You know, they're they're yeah. hitters are way more aware of what you're going to try to do to get them out now than they've ever been before. Yeah, it's true. He's a uh, he's a hell of a story. Uh, let's the the uh, he came he came in the interview room, the Zoom room, and he said, on the way there, somebody had told him that they were the first to ever do it. And he said, I thought that was pretty cool. You know, you know him. He's so mundane. He's so quiet. And he said, I, I thought that was pretty cool. I, I just actually heard that on the way in here. It's pretty neat. And he said, the bat boy asked him before his eighth inning at bat, he said, are you going to go for the trifecta? The bat boy Ooh. asked him that. And he said, he just kind of laughed. He didn't want to think about that. You know, when he went up there, Damn and bat then, boy. <laughs> all, all, yeah, all he was trying to do was put, was get somebody in. There were a couple of people on and uh, all he was trying to do was get a base hit. And he crushed it. And he said he yeah. was rounding the bases and he was thinking how crazy it was that this just happened just the night before. But he right. wasn't thinking about it being the first time or anything like that, you know, that it had ever been done. And you had to remind him that it was the first time it's been done ever. He yeah. thought it was just Fenway Park, right? Yeah, he goes, he goes, he said, uh, I wasn't thinking it was the first time that it's happened as far as teammates hitting three homers. Cause if you look around, you could tell how long the stadium's been here. Yeah. And that's what, and I was like, dude, no, you know, I, not just at that stadium, at any stadium, at the hundreds of yeah. stadiums that have been built, played in, and torn down since then. Now, you think about yeah. like how so many guys even away. have how many guys even have three homer games in their career? Oh, I know. Exactly. Exactly. Winter league. I went I went four for four once in the uh, Victorian baseball winter league, four for four with four homers. Yeah, I, mean, I was struggling to do it in beer league last year. <laughs> did you play last year like softball man <laughs> oh it was awesome i was the best player out there for the first time in like for 18 sure. years <laughs> for sure dude show off to Ri- wear all the good gear been riding around as the 25th man on the roster my whole career and you get to go out there and be a god it was great mm-hmm. did you do a press conference or anything or just straight off <laughs> no nah, it was a tough pay too i had to pay to play in that league <laughs> pay wasn't the same yeah. It's great. Well, you know, hey, you were talking about how rare it is because we we were talking about last week the three homer game that uh, uh, we actually did a podcast after the Tuesday show. So we yeah. were talking about the only other three homer game that I could remember. You could was Matt Kemp did three at Milwaukee. Yep. But I mean, I'm sure I covered another one somewhere along the way. But that's 25, 26 years, and these are, and then I did it saw it twice in back to back games after I think yeah. only seen it once before. So that yeah, that's ridiculous. And then three or four times in the same week, right? <laughs> you mean elsewhere? Some other people did it. Yeah. Who else did who it? Else had, who else had three homer games? Someone, someone else did it for Chicago this week. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, Schwarber. Schwarber, Schwarber did, did it. it. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know what's crazy is that no teams had no te- no no guys had ever done it in consecutive games, but Milwaukee had two guys do it in one game. Remember that? Like yeah, that's right. I read that. And that yeah. was before the juice ball, I think. Right. That was just play- juice players. Juice players. That was juice players. 
Well, when you see scores like the one in San Francisco the other day, 25 yeah. or whatever, you'd assume that someone's yeah, like a yeah. couple of guys are going to yeah. get a lot of homers. Well, that's the other thing. You're seeing opposite field home runs in parks that people don't go oppo. Right. Like, you don't hit an opposite field home run if you're a left-handed hitter at AT&T. I mean, it just, you just don't see yeah. it. I mean, maybe nope. first row or something, but you're seeing guys hit opposite field home runs 15, 20 rows deep at AT&T, parks like that, Dodger Stadium. The amount of opposite field home runs you see at Dodger Stadium now is crazy. It used to mm. take everything you got to hit a home run to the pole side at that park, and now you're seeing them. Mm. Like, Especially at nighttime. At night, too, yeah. It's crazy. Bellinger hits them out there all the time. Or like, remember Matt? He also he also swings. Yeah, he's like going for it. He, does. he swings. He yeah, I need a week off after two of his swings. <laughs> exactly. Or like that Matt Stairs home run in the playoffs that was so epic, and yes. you saw it a thousand times. Max Muncy yes. goes up there once a week. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just it's just a different game now. Because uh, Broxton was throwing ninety eight, and he and he squared that thing up, and it was. I would have loved to have seen the exavilo on that thing. Yeah. The StatCast via the distance probably would have been about 391. Yeah. <laughs> 316, just a little scraper. You know, Marcelo Zun is the one he hit to center, the ridiculous one. Uh, the exit velo was 110. He actually had a double the other day that was 116. Jeez. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's the what's the hardest recorder? 122, 123 or something like that? Stanton and yeah. Judge have of the top 10. Good odds it's it. one of those two guys. Yeah. And then he got hurt for a week afterwards. There's a good odds. Those guys are hurt all the time, dude. How did, how are you going to build a team around guys that are in the lineup like so hit or miss? I think it's just it's being. I don't think that was, they knew that was going to happen to Judge too. No, all the time. It's, it's hard to stay healthy being that big and lean. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, as far as lean, I mean, you're not six ten, but you were a whippet at one stage. Yeah, but it, those were the years I started getting hurt when I was fat. I was pitching seventy eight games a year. Okay, so. <laughs> I was just thinking about this the other day. Jason right? Hayward, like, when he was starting out with the Braves. Yeah, he was He hurt. was like that. He was built like that, and he was hurt all the time. Nagging stuff. I was thinking that when I worked out the most is when I was the most hurt. And when I just sort of did my arm exercises and got treatment, that's when I was able to go on those runs of a couple of years in a row where I stayed mm-hmm. healthy. But it's it's strange, man. Like, I was probably doing the wrong exercises, and, and yeah. now I'd probably know how to do them correctly as far as how to protect my back. But I just wasn't my mind was already made up. I was like, I feel like if any time I do any kind of legs, my knees start like, yeah. really hurting. And it's, it was, it was really pissed me off. Well, some guys just aren't built for it, you know, and it, it, it gets to the point where if you're, if you're moving poorly and then you load up with heavy weight, you're just you're enhancing a poor movement pattern. Right. But well, how right. much did think about how much did Chipper and Andrew lift back when they were playing for Bobby and when they were playing 158 to 100. I never saw games. Every year they played 158 to 162 yeah. games. Every year. Yeah. Yeah. Dale well, Murphy, Dale Murphy played 162 games for like a four game a four year stretch. He played every game. But that's why those those old time players would come in the clubhouse and they just look at us doing all our crap we were doing, you know, all our workouts and, and mm-hmm. lifts and they just think we were idiots, you know. I mean they just they'd mock it every time. But but the, the hard part is that everybody's doing that stuff. Yeah. So now, like, you can't pitch at 91, 92. you got to be a guy throwing 98 if you even want a job in the big league. So everybody's got to, like, push their mm-hmm. body to the limit now. And that's, that's kind of what I see is everybody's almost just at that point where they're maxing out their body and performing at basically their body's threshold versus back then a guy like Dale Murphy. You know, if he would have lifted and done all that stuff, maybe he could have hit the right. ball farther and been a little faster. But, yeah, you are risking some injury with it. And it's, it's kind of just the balance of it all now. Mm-hmm. 
the bar is so high. The easy part is though, right? You think about that and you think that that's going to that's gonna cost guys their careers as far as length and that sort of stuff. But, you're not getting length anyway. As soon as you get old, you're going home. Right. Right. Exactly. But I feel like the game's trending younger and these young guys are coming in in, in shape. Like they're, they're, they're outperforming their bodies at the moment as yeah. far as what they're, what they're able to do, I feel mm-hmm. like. Um, the technology's so good that, that it's kind of like, it's like, yeah, it's, I think these kids are, are, are coming. It's, it's, I've never seen anything like it, man. Like it's the stuff right now. But, and the pitching, the pitching ninja. I, I flick through pitching ninja yeah, like insane. his feed, yeah, it's and addictive. I'm just I'm, I'm blown away by by the pitches that yeah. these kids are throwing. But the, the problem is, you know, they throw that once every seven pitches, yeah, and they get to see themselves on pitching ninja, and they think that that's awesome, yeah. And then you walk but three guys. They gave up five runs, yeah. right? But so there's got to be there's got to be a point where they can try and harness it. Um, but I, I love I love looking around the league right now. Yeah. I'm just no, everybody's guys maxed out. And, yeah. And and how long are they? We've talked about this too, though. If you have a pitch that like nobody else can throw, there's probably a reason nobody else can throw it. And how long are you gonna be able to last throwing it? You know, if you have the nastiest split, if you have you know a a slider that looks like you know a wiffle ball, like Kerry Wood did, how long are you gonna That's last? That's what the Rays do. The right. Rays pick relievers based on a guy that has one yeah. pitch, Chaz Rowe. like a really high swing and miss rate, I guess. And they're not, and, and they're not going to be able just, to afford him after four or five years anyway, so they just use him for right. a few years and move on. Yeah, just have and him they spam even take that pitch. That, they take guys that weren't even like weren't even on the radar as as guys potential closers, <laughs> like a Anderson, Nick Anderson. Like, how did they pick Nick Anderson up and turn him into yeah. Eric Gagne? Like, it was it's <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, they I mean, Chaz Rowe, they, they've done job. good with Chaz Rowe. I mean, just throw your slider Same. every pitch, throw a fastball every yeah. – and you know, that used to be frowned on. You know, you'd be trying to come up and, and you wouldn't even get called up because you didn't have any fastball control. They'll just say, hey, right. just throw so, your slider every every nine out of ten pitches. Is that slider when is his slider the City, best you've ever seen? Chaz Rowe's? Yeah. I, I don't know if it's the best I've ever seen, but it's, it's pretty God, incredible. It's I mean, every time you see it, every time he throws a good <laughs> one, I mean, it sweeps across the whole plate. And it's yeah. it's nasty. Yeah. 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 Kerry Woods back when he before he got hurt, you know, yeah, that well, twenty strikeout that game. Was, that goes to the point you're making, though. You know, like he yeah, was throwing yeah. stuff nobody'd ever seen and striking out twenty, but he's hurt his whole career. Mm-hmm. Hey, listeners, it's producer Cam here. It is finally time you elevate your full body grooming game with precision engineered tools from Manscaped. Their premium lawnmower 3.0 is not only waterproof, but includes an LED light, which hopefully you're not doing that business in the dark, but if you are, the LED light is there to help. And it's made with advanced skin-safe technology, which is trademarked, which reduces nicks and cuts on your delegates. You get this trimmer inside their Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Reserver, an undercarriage deodorant, and the Crop Reviver, a family jewel toning spray. Both super practical, and they smell good, too. Plus, get this, for a limited time, when you order the Perfect Package Kit, you get two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Brief, because who doesn't like a soft pouch for their marbles? Save 20% off and get free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. Make sure you check this out, because Manscaped is hooking you up here at 755 Israel and The Athletic. 20% off and free shipping. Use the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. You can't beat this deal. The promo code, the Athletic 20 all one word with the two and a zero. Again, 20% off plus free shipping. Always use the right tools for the job. Get yourself Manscaped. What do you guys uh, think of your boy Kimbrel, man? Is he going to make it back to, to being really, really good? 
I don't know. I've been on his bandwagon and backing him up for years, but I mean, he's he's struggling this year. Me too. I mean, I've just his stuff. It, I think though, you know, one of the things is now everybody throwing ninety eight. He he doesn't have that you know that velocity to rely on. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still got nasty stuff, good spin on his fastball, nasty curveball, but it's it's like you know he's not blowing guys away because they're seeing those velocities and pitches like that a lot more often. You know, as much as uh, you can say that AA should have uh, out, that. Uh, that Alex Anthopoulos should have traded got yeah. for a, a starter. You do have to give him commend him for not uh, bowing to popular opinion because if he just listened to Twitter, he would have re-signed Kimbrell two years ago. He would have re-signed Josh Donaldson for sure. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think I don't think general managers are making the decisions based on the fans' opinions on Twitter. That no, they're not. But he could have he could have sucked up to some fans just by bringing Kimbrel back two years ago. Everybody wanted Kimbrel he's, back. He's, yeah, but you, you know? can't. He you also care. don't know he, how he Craig do would that, do though. here. You don't know how Craig would do in Atlanta. Yeah, but he's you know? he's doing what he's doing. I mean, he's got paid a lot yeah. of money. Yeah, I know. You know? But I, and, I always and think Josh has been hurt. Yeah, Josh had one good year in the last four where he got which stayed healthy. The Braves yeah. got lucky. Yeah, and then Bumgarner. Right. But here's the issue that I have. I thought Bumgarner issue that I had that sign. <laughs> Dave, here's the issue that I have. Yeah. Kimbrell is getting paid right now. Kimbrell is getting paid right now based on what he has done, yep. not what, what he was Absolutely. doing. So that's why the whole pay structure right now is not working, and that's why they need to change it. Because Kimbrell deserved to have made $150 yeah. million dollars in his career. He might. Agreed. And he still might. I mean, right? he's going to be at 100 but, right? Right. But that extra 50 like I'm talking like he was the best reliever in the game for five years. Yeah. Yeah, and he didn't get paid like. Well, it. we've talked. We've talked about like this. It. We talked about this with the way it is now, with them manipulating uh, yeah. service time and that kind of thing, and guys not coming up till they do, and then them careers being so much shorter. Guys are done now, early thirties at at the latest. Some guys aren't becoming free agents till they're twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty years old. Yeah. They got to yeah. take a year off the arbitration at least, and a year off the free agency. Make it five should be years. two and five. Two and yeah. five would be good with the way the game's going. To I'm sure the league's going to fight, or the players are going to fight for that when we get there. Cause look at Whit Merrifield. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot Whit of guys Merrifield like that. comes up at 27 and signs a five year, 12 million dollar deal because he he's he's getting old and he's leads the league in hits the next two years. Like, yeah, come on. Now I know Adam Duvall is no Whit Merrifield, but Adam Duvall is going to be a free agent. He's going to be 30 years old, probably, you know, when he gets there. And there's a one year deals. Yeah. A lot of one year deals are going to be a lot of one year deals are going to be signed. Well, especially after this year. This year, you know, teams can kind of fall back on 60 games not proving much. You know, you know, you're not going to get as much credit for having yeah. a great year over 2 yeah. months. It's going to be a weird free agent. But there's still going to be the back of the baseball card. Like he's he's turned something around, right? It's yeah. still going to be um we saw the play you were, we saw what you've turned into now. Yeah. Uh but yeah, you're right. I'd, I'd I'd hate to think what the teams are going to try and pull in. Like, oh, how's yeah. it's going to be? A, it's going to be a messed like up arbitration and stuff like that, or no? No, they have not given any like strict numbers on how they're going to do it. But basically, arbitration is going to the agents are going to try to say this is what that would have projected to over 162. Yeah. You know, the teams are going to try to say, yeah, but you, he would have got hurt, or he wouldn't have been. He's never been stayed healthy. <laughs> yeah. So it's well, going to be a mess, man. When you go it's to arbitration, good- one of the main words they throw at you is bulk. You know, like your body of work, right. the bulk, the amount right. of work you did. And and I think that's going to hurt a lot of guys when it's only, you know, 50, 60 games. Well, they're supposed to compare you to other players, right? Never happened. Yeah. How you I, can do that I, after this? I, I got hurt in 2008 and missed the whole year, and I still had enough bulk to qualify in arbitration to get paid pretty good. Yeah, well, you pissed in 85 games a year. <laughs> <laughs> Balanced out to a 60. 
<laughs> How many? That would be that would be forty. That would be about forty games in a sixty game season. Yeah. No. 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 It'd be. Yeah. It'd be. Little, it'd be about less. thirty. It'd be about half. Almost half. Yeah. 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 Braves are going to have no, some guys get up. Uh, they're, they're doing a good job of not overusing guys, though, and that's what you yeah. can do when you got an eight deep bullpen like they do. Yeah. Yeah. That extra roster spot, a couple of roster spots, is huge. Yeah, it's working. Yeah, the but way there's they no, like. there's no, there's no real holes either. Like it's, it's everybody that comes out of there yeah. is, knows their role and and he's pretty good at it at the moment. Just look at the ERAs of that bullpen. It's nasty, they're, man. They're doing exactly what you thought they would do. You know, mm-hmm. every guy that was supposed to be good is doing is is stepping up, man. And mentor, mentor's been huge. Oh yes, I, I I didn't think he'd have a spot on this team. No, he and he's been one, one of the best three or four relievers easily, maybe the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he made himself a spot. And that, that's yeah. kind of what you have to yeah. do. That's what, you know, that's what a lot of the young prospects for the rotation have to do too, is you, you just have yeah. to step up and get it done. You know, and it's, it's only so much time to, to try to figure it out and, and get these trial runs and you just got to step up. And he did. And only one has. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy to, uh, you know, I talk about when I was in Kansas city, uh, there was one game where, you know, I, I had, I'd done a right in triple A and I got called up and, and, I'd been up there for a month or so and I was doing okay, but the intensity wasn't there. It was kind of like I was just happy being there. You yeah. Know? And one game, I, I remember telling myself, I was like, dude, this, this might be it for you. Like, why not at least go out and have some, and I think I had some friends in town, so I wanted to kind of- Put on a show a little bit. Pr- prove that I was still the guy that they remember. And uh, I remember sprinting out of the bullpen a lot quicker than I ever did. And my whole mindset changed yeah. from that from that point. And I was able to, to, to do that for another year and a half. And I think Mint has just decided, you know what, dude, <laughs> this might be your only crack. Yeah. You, you got to have so, that realization. You know, I, it, right. I think it's harder for guys now because by the time you get to the big leagues now, everybody knows who you are and everybody's been talking about you for, for two years. Like you're just going to be a big leaguer. It's, it's easy to take it for granted and not realize, you know, you only got so many shots in this league. And, and honestly, each one could be your last. Because if you struggle, if one of these guys struggles, then you go down to the satellite camp and struggle there. And the next year you struggle in AAA. Like, it's pretty easy right. to fall off the map. And I don't think guys yeah. have that urgency anymore with the amount of hype they get. Tomlin's biggest contribution last year was uh, on the mound. This year it's the stuff he did with Mentor in the offseason yeah. <laughs> during the shutdown period. Yeah. Because he got into Mentor's head, man, and changed him. His slider's better. He was, he's throwing a changeup. I mean, he's he's doing stuff different. It's not like it's just working out for him. He's a different yeah. pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um. So Duvall, just to, to before we turn a page on Duvall, I, I think most people realize now, or have probably heard, he's type one diabetes, which he was classified as high risk. One of the few players that was classified as high risk, so he could have opted out and got his full salary and got. Uh, uh, service time and everything. And he said he never even hesitated, never even thought about it, mm. that he did a little bit of research, talked to a doctor who told him, you know, as long as you stay on top of this stuff and make sure, you know, you're doing the right things, you should be fine. But I mean, that's still pretty ballsy because you're still, you're still at the mercy of everyone else around you also following the protocols and nobody coming over and breathing on you and everything like that. So right, but pretty I feel admirable like- what he's done. Yeah. You're going to be in a you're you're in a safer environment. He's probably better off being in that environment. I know you're putting your faith in your teammates, yeah. and you know you saw what Clevenger and Plezak did. Right, but right. Um, I think you you know like unless you're going to sit at home and just just be at home right. all the time, like that's basically what I've done. Because I'm asthmatic, I've avoided having to go to the studio. Avoided like I go to the shops and I wear a mask, and it's like I feel fine. Yeah. I feel normal. 
I don't even know why I'm doing it. I'm doing it just because I feel like I feel like it's the right thing to do. Like yeah. I feel like we don't know enough about this thing, so no, just put don't. a mask on, right? Um, but I feel like for him, it's probably safety knowing all the protocols that everyone's having to go through. I don't know what Smith, Mrs. Smith at the grocery store, what she's doing right. on a daily basis. She might have a mask on, but who knows what she's doing I, during I, the day. I'm she might work in a hospital and go lick, lick the toilet bowls or something. Like, who knows? <laughs> but I've been getting my groceries delivered. I don't even, I mean, I've gone a couple of times to the store, right? but I feel safe for having them delivered. Just wipe them down when yeah. I come here. But, but more power to him, man. I think it's, I think it's, for him to, to to do that, it's it's huge, and and it's and great um, for his career too. Well, that's the thing, oh. man. That's that's you know that's a mindset a lot of guys have had to have too. Is if if he sat out this year, what kind of yeah. jobs he getting next? It was year? a big year for him. It has to be. Yeah. It, it, there's a lot of guys in a position that. where if if they fall off this year, I mean, they might never get another job. Yeah. So you have At to his play. age and yeah. all that. This was a big year for him. And big year for him credit, to prove he's back. And credit to the players and the coaches who've cited him. And wash among the guys who, for reasons for following all these protocols. Because as yeah. far as I've seen, or or everything I've heard, they've been really good about doing this stuff, man. You haven't heard one thing about a guy leaving a hotel and running around at night. Everybody comes into the Zoom room. They're usually wearing their mask. If not, they just took it off before they sat down. Yeah, I mean, they've been a little, they've been diligent about it, and they cite Duvall and Wash as two of the reasons. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's why, you know, Cleveland, you know, with a guy that had fought leukemia last year, I mean, Carlos mm-hmm. Carrasco, it, that's part of why their teammates were so frustrated and angry with him, you know. Um, but you got to care about your teammates and, and do things right, and it seems like they've just been nailing it. Snit said he openly, he, and he said it many times the last couple of years, uh, after Duvall was sent down, never said a word, never complained, never said, trade me if I don't have a spot, nothing. And Snit said he's got he's a guy that he pulls for openly. Uh, he said one of these. He's one of those guys. He's kind of been up and down. He's grinding. He has a knack for getting a big hit, and he's and he talks about just how hard he works and and yeah. uh, without asking for any favors or anything like that. He's really earned Snit's that, respect in the I mean, last it's, couple it's, years. It's hard to swallow your pride and go down to AAA. I mean, it's yeah. hard when you think of yourself as a big leaguer to go down there and, yeah. and get back to work. But he was every 30, guy that does 31 that. years old down the last year in AAA, hitting 31 bombs. Yeah. Yeah, and you probably get to 15 homers and think, what am I doing? You know, I yeah. mean, am I just mm-hmm. wasting my time here? Am I yeah. ever getting back? But I'm Crash a, Davis down here. To have a good attitude, you know, it's so important for those guys there to see too because if you're moping and, yeah. and you're negative, it can have an effect on everybody around you. It's, and every guy that was down there last year said he was great. Yeah. said he had the great attitude down there. Didn't it's not easy to do. That's not easy to do at all. And he's down there and Riley gets called up early, you know, yep. and other guys get called up during the season. All he does is just keep hitting bombs down there. Yeah. And this is a guy that was an all-star one year in Cincy that hit back-to-back 30 home run seasons. Didn't he win a gold glove too? He was a finalist. Finalist. Yep. Okay. Yep. He's a good outfielder, man. Yeah. He's a lot better outfielder than Azuna, that's for sure. <laughs> but Azuna, Azuna keeps hitting like he is. It won't really matter. We'll find a place for him. What a great year. How lucky did the Braves get with the DH coming in this year? I mean, it's almost like Alex knew that it was a possibility the way he built this team with the bullpen and yeah. having a guy that could DH, and then it becomes a 60-game season where that bullpen's even more important than it was before. Yeah, They got lucky, man. Yeah, This team is but built for this. Just need another I, starter. I feel, like, I feel like that Azuna sign was, was a good sign anyway for that one-year deal, and it's like a, like, exactly like the, the – JD scenario. Um, 
but there's got to be some sort of metric that's measured. Like I think he led the league in hard hit balls last year. Yeah, right? he did. He just didn't get. He, still he hit, just didn't yeah. get any luck. Yeah, he still ca- so, he kept hitting the balls hard. And anybody that faces him knows that he's a, he's he's not an easy out yeah. at all. No. He's an absolute monster. Yeah, he's exactly who that I remember. Is so quick. He's who I remember yes. from from Miami. Miami, exactly, dude. He's a different yeah. cat in that back in the box, isn't he? He's got yeah. a different swing. Yeah. Yells at himself. Yells at the pitch. I love yeah. it. No, he's feeling it right now. Teammates love him yeah. too. He started that whole thing with the mixing it up, you know, gesture. Is that what up. that is? Mix it up. Yeah, stir it up. Stir, stir it up. Yeah, yeah. The thing that uh, Harden does for the Ash for the uh, Rockets. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay. They all, I like it. All kind of caught on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's got twelve bombs, man. He's he's uh, one off the the lead that's shared by five guys. Major What's that lead. pace over sixty? What or over one sixty two? Fifty fifty some fifty two. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. So there's like so there's like uh, eight guys, five six guys that are on pace for more than fifty homers over a uh, one sixty two. Wow. Yeah, and it's thirty one RBIs or f- five behind Abreu's major league leading to- total. Abreu had a couple more. So I don't. What year did Barry hit five hundred homers? What, what, what yeah. year did he hit eighty? I don't know. I try to like, not acknowledge oh. it. I don't even know. I don't even know what it was. I know you do, Dave. It's a touchy subject. Well, you I'm don't even know what it was. Question. That's the. That's how how much he cheapened it. We don't even know what the single season record is. That's kind of sad when everybody knew what sixty one is forever. Okay. Okay. Calm down. <laughs> Jeez. I'm sorry, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, but you in all seriousness, like, I don't remember, like, or oh, maybe it was the year he broke the record because that was right at the end of his career. That was when I was. Yeah, he's like, he was like 44 remember. years old when he hit 80 homers. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's normal. I mean, it's normal. It's perfectly normal. It's the best player in the game, it's so not, it's normal. Listen, listen. <laughs> what he did before, whatever he decided to do, uh, like, he, uh, he was the best player in baseball. Agreed. For a long time. Three or four years at least. He yeah. hit, he hit seventy three in two thousand one. When he was how old? Uh, he was thirty six <laughs> years old. And then what? He, what was yeah. his OPS when he was forty? Look at Nelson Cruz. Look at Nelson Cruz. Yeah, yeah Nelson just needs to hit another thirty a year to get to seventy. Those yeah, uh, Barry's numbers from age thirty six <laughs> through forty were just at, absurd. At, at thirty nine, he had a fourteen hundred <laughs> OPS for a fourth major league season. <laughs> That's wild. What was his OBP? With Forty that year? stolen bases on base percentage, six oh nine. Just yeah, just on base, six out of ten at bats. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. So yeah, two hundred thirty-two walks. <laughs> so it, for him, it went from a game of failure to completely not. Who's playing beer league? He had more he walks than anybody will have played appearances this year in this season. Yeah, or close, right at it. <laughs> he had more walks. He had two months of walks. He could have gone up there and been walked every plate appearance for two months. <laughs> My goodness. Well, yeah, I mean, it'd basically be like someone hitting 29 homers this year. Uh, you know, so somebody's going to get to 20, I bet. Yeah, I mean, the guys are at, what, 14 now? And we're barely halfway through. Somebody's going to get to 25. That's crazy, too. Yeah, which is a pace for what? Uh, I watched, 60? Yeah, I w- I watched the Dodgers last night, and uh, that's a pretty decent ball club over there. They're good. To, oh, yeah. Jeez. You, holy cow. I don't think the Padres caught them. Do you? Some people are saying the Padres are as good now. No, I don't think they're they're even really close yet. Well, also just experience, like having pitching. done it. You know, Dodgers have been to playoffs every year. It's going to be tough to take that team to playoffs first time and think you're going to get past them. 
Yeah. Well, they've got some older guys in there. I mean, not to – I mean, Hoz, but, yeah, they've still got just a bunch of young studs, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that that Kershaw was Kershaw last night again. Somehow he's managed to reinvent himself. and, and I didn't think that was possible. I really Disgusting. Didn't. Yeah. I thought he was done two years ago. I really did. It's like Zach Grinke's. Zach Grinke's throwing a fastball right now at 88 miles yeah. an hour and then a changeup at 88 miles an hour. Isn't that like, crazy? I, and then Kershaw was doing the same thing last night. He would throw a fastball at 88 and then that slider that moves this much at 88. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, how, what? <laughs> Where was that when we were throwing? Oh, like, I know, like, how, how do you just read, make, I guess, all the measurements, right? No, it's just, you know, you can't just decide to throw harder, but you can decide to make the ball move and figure that out. You know, I mean, th- I think that a lot of it's just these guys have so much opportunity to learn how to pitch in the league that by the time they lose yeah. it, you know, it's it's hard to get into the league throwing 88 to 90. But if you've been doing it for a long time, you can, you know, you're going to have the confidence to, to tinker and, and make different pitches. But the guys that, like Grinky, what he's doing, he'll throw a 56 mile an hour curveball for a strike. <laughs> That's one of the hardest things in baseball to do. I yeah. mean, if you tr- if I try to throw a fifty six mile an hour curveball for a strike, I'd throw one out of twenty five, and it'd just be lucky. And he can do it on cue. He can do it anytime he wants. When I was his teammate in in L A, we sat in the outfield one day, and did he talk? He, yeah, we talked for a long, long time, and I really liked Zach a lot. Um, but one of the things that he used to do that impressed me, he was the first guy that would do that, throw that pitch on a bunt play, that 50, that slow 60 <laughs> yeah. mile an hour on a bunt play. And he would literally be in the box with the guy by the <laughs> and just receives it and throws it to any base he needs to. He's so intelligent yeah. on the field. It's crazy. I've heard he's a great athlete too. He can dunk and do all kinds of, I mean, he hits homers and when he gets in the box, he can hit. Some guys are just, their yeah. body control is just insane. Yeah. Even when he was going through all his, uh, uh, Mental. Social disorder yeah. and all that stuff. His teammates really liked him, though, Pete. Right? Yeah, that's what I heard. Yep, yeah. because he's so blunt and so yeah. honest that you get you get the truth. Right. Like it's he right. doesn't pull any punches. And the AJ Ellis story is my funnest. It's it's hilarious. Um, Which one? But, well, I, I I don't want to tell it because I don't want to get it wrong. But it was something along the lines of AJ Ellis said, "Hey, man, you're a smart guy. If you were GM, what would you do?" And he went away. He said, let me think about it. And legitimately thought about it and came back and said, well, AJ, I'd probably trade you because you've got some good value right now. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably That's release good. you. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's totally believable. Um, yeah. yeah, I heard the That's story totally about him coming in one spring training and say he wanted to play shortstop. And yeah, he they did. told him no and he went home. <laughs> That's That's – I think that's what what sparked the when he was like about to walk away from the game. Yeah, because I played against him in Double A that year when he was coming back, and we were like, right. "What so, is this dude doing in Double A?" So Trevor Bowers that way, just without the social disorder, he just yeah, <laughs> just, he's just no filter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I struggled with that when I played because you're supposed to come up with these in depth answers when when you get asked a question by the media, and it's like you know how'd that feel to blow that game? What well, sucked, you know? And you, you yeah, if you could say things like. You know, it's, it's September 59th right now. Uh, we've been winning 10 in a row. Nobody really gives a shit. We're going to drink some beers and eat some food after the game. We'll come back tomorrow and, and we'll be ready to go. You know, it, it'd be a lot that easier. That would have been just, a good quote. Why didn't you say that? Uh, maybe I didn't have the balls, you know, but. <laughs> I feel like we could say that now. Now you like, could. Like now you could. But that would have been really hard I back in like, the day. Everybody's sick of the, yeah. the political, like, perfect answers and, and that type of stuff. But Because that was what baseball was. Yeah. It was it was the pure like game where you would just 
say the right thing yeah. because Jeez. that's what you yeah. were supposed to do. And I, I struggled with that because I, I didn't mean the stuff I was trying to come up with to tell, you know, it's like, I, right. I really don't give a shit, man. I got like a, I got a one seven ERA. We still won the game. You know, we figured out right. a way to My wife's back. pregnant. She's, yeah. she's absolutely writing me on my text right yeah, now. Just, just give me five minutes to fucking yeah. sort this shit out. Yeah. And nowadays with social media, that's commended. Because yeah, like is. right nowadays, right. like Derek Jeter's personality wouldn't be as, I don't think, as, as no, uh, not at big all. as it was back then. Because it would be boring right. on social media. Yeah. and that, But that's how it used to be. Everybody just said all the right things. And then you go on with your day and you guys were just scrambling for good quotes. I think mm. more than ever, guys are open and, and more vulnerable in today's game. That's part of the appeal of Derek Jeter's career for guys like us is that he did it what he in did New York. in New York yeah. for 20 years and he didn't hear poop from it. Nothing. Whereas now, and now you get you hit a home run in the big leagues and you're you're on every single social media thing, yeah. you know, showing replays of yourself and and you know it's pimping like I, I, it's different. It's just way different. Now. I got recognized more in two months for the Mets walking around town than I did my entire career in Atlanta. You know that's just how much that right? that's how much pressure is there. Like you go to a bar at. 2 a.m. and the bouncer's like, hey, you had a shitty game last night. You know, like, are you going right. to clean that up? Right. You know, they're, they're asking you that type of stuff. I don't know how he handled all that for his entire career, being the centerpiece. I mean, the biggest, probably the biggest athlete in New York the whole time. And right. and had about 25 girlfriends who were kept it all kept it all clean. And, and not one time did one yep. of them come out nope, and say nothing. he did anything untoward well, or anything. That's what guys respect so, even more about him is his, his off the field hit list. Amazing. Yeah. It's a pretty good uh, good yeah. lineup. Tip, good list. Cap, cap tip to Derek Jeter, man. Yeah, good job, Jeets. He's up there with Leo DiCaprio in that regard. Yeah, in New York, uh, you know, doing it with all that media pressure is crazy. So, yeah, last thing on Duvall, he's only at 250, but he's and with a 296 OBP, but he's got an 816 OPS, which is fine, and eight homers and 100 at bats. There's 32 major leaguers with at least eight homers, and the only ones with that few at bats are Juan Soto, Aaron Judge, and Mitch Moreland. Pretty good company. Well, yeah. So he, he and Duvall, are, Ozuna and Duvall were the 25th and 26th visiting players to have three homer games at Fenway which is like 110 years old. And they're the first two NL players to do it. Now, I know he hadn't played interleague forever, but right. no NL player had ever done it, and they did it back-to-back nights. How crazy is mm-hmm. that, man? I wonder if I wonder if no fans helps that situation too, you know, controlling the emotional I, yeah. side of it. I mean, it's yeah. a different environment. Fenway's a tough place to go play with when, when yeah. that place is rocking. Like Wrigley. <laughs> and with no fans there, they're totally different atmosphere, right? Yeah. Or even San Francisco, their fans can be brutal, right? Oh, like, warming right up in that bullpen is the worst. Is the worst. Yeah, yeah. that bullpen is the worst in the game. Yep. Yeah, that was BP in the regular season. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, what Roger did, you know, I, nobody's uh, apologizing for it or saying, you know, he, he was in the right. But man, when I was told what he, what they were saying to him before he said that, right? Well, they were. Ugly. I'll talk. I mean, they were they were talking about they were yelling all kinds of every slur in the book at David Ross, yeah. and what happened was Rossi or Roger came over just to take the heat off of Rossi uh-huh. before he got into it with them, and Roger started blowing up these guys, you know, thirty feet away from the family that that init- that got that hired that celebrity lawyer or whatever. But uh-huh. he's talking to these guys, and the dad over there overhears it, and right. Roger said something like, you know, because he'd seen the ball almost hit his kid in the face, and he right. was saying. 
when he said, do you want your son to lose his teeth? He wasn't threatening to hit him with the bat. Ah. He was telling him, you should move up like 10, 15 rows. I mean, I it was totally, that. the whole thing just got completely yeah. blown out of proportion. But the way, what we were told as a team was this is just a bees, you know, a, a bees nest or whatever. Just don't touch it. We're just going right. to be quiet about it. Roger's going to serve his right. suspension. He's going to come back and it's going to be over. But I feel bad the way it got portrayed that he went after some family and was talking shit when it was really, he was yeah. talking to a totally separate, just, bunch of dudes that were saying some raunchy stuff to Rossi. So he played the game back with him and he's the best at it. I mean, he just carved him up, you know, just destroyed him. I mean, just the guys just were silent after Roger cut cut him up, but the family over there, you know, they overheard it. So then that dad started kind of popping off. And that's when Roger said the stuff to the kid was, he was basically just telling him like, move your kid up. He's going to get hit with a home run because they were staring at him while balls are flying over their heads. So he's basically telling the dude to be a better dad. Yeah. Mm. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either. And then you got the celebrity lawyer involved, because so then you got a civil suit. Of course you, you did, you know yeah. because it's San Francisco. And yeah. You know they're going to settle. Yeah, and, and that blew the whole thing up. Easy but... money right there. Yeah, guys, let's take a quick break, and then we'll finish up the show. Marcelo Zuna, his in, we talked a little bit about him, the impact he's had, not just on the field, but we're talking to uh, some guy. I asked Dansby about. You know, a year ago, Dansby embraced when Josh Donaldson came aboard. Dan, we were asking about Josh's kind of reputation, you know, as being kind of flamboyant, being, you know, like a not a typical what people used to think of as the Braves, the button-down Braves. And Josh was kind of the antithesis Polar of opposite. That. Right. And Dansby was, in January, said, welcomed it. Because he said, it can, it, we need that. We need somebody that's different. We need, he goes, whenever you can have like a diversity of backgrounds and culture and all that, it strengthens the team. And he was right. I mean, Josh yeah. fit in great. And, and it goes along with what you guys were saying. The game's changed and so have the clubhouses, it seems like. Like yeah. the Braves are not the button down clubhouse they used to be. They got no. some, and, and then Ozuna comes in this year and he's kind of got a little bit of flamboyance in him not like Josh but you know the green armband and all that kind of stuff that wouldn't have flown 15 years no. ago and Yeah but he came from the Cardinals too and Cardinals yeah. are kind of that old school Cardinal way And he wore it there too as well so Yeah Game's changing even the teams yeah. that used to be all buttoned down and professional and quiet and all that and you know Well it's for the better like, you know if you're yeah, trying to no, get kids no into the game you know yeah. it, you think about like when I was a kid, the the my favorite player was Griffey. He had the hat backwards and he was pimping homers, Oof. you know. And and that stuff, even when he was doing that, just what he did back then, I mean, that was that was a big deal and kind of stirring the pot a little bit. And now, if he was doing it, nobody even noticed. But nobody, it, that's nobody. what gets kids' attention, you know. And and he, uh, but but there were I asked I asked a couple of guys if that if Ozuna has been good for, you know, the young Latin guys. I yeah. mean, they all. Obviously, you don't, you don't want them off in a corner by themselves. I mean, you want everybody together. And, like, Prada was great at that. We've talked about yep. that. But it's good to have a guy, of, of established veteran, who can speak to them in their language, too. And that and in that regard, Azuna's been great. I asked about it because I thought that probably was the case. And they said, yeah, he's been great with, you know, the Acunas and Ozzy and all those guys. And uh, just having another guy uh, that speaks their language when they're just kind of horsing around and all that. But – He's been, he looks like he's, everybody loves the guy. Everybody says he's, and he's a really intelligent hitter. People say, you don't realize how this guy's approach, he's really smart hitter. Yeah. Everybody well, says I, that about him. Well, every clubhouse, you need that bridge from the, from the American guys to the Latin guys. Because even, even those things that happened with Acuna last year, um, mm-hmm. where he hit that ball in the playoffs and, and pimped it and then he winds up at first base. 
you need a Latin guy because a lot of stuff can get lost in translation. You right. need a Latin guy just to go over and tell him, like, look, man, that would have been good. Yeah, that's sure. it's perfect because they can just mm-hmm. kind of explain it. You know, the vocabulary is going to be so much better it, mm-hmm. speaking their own language, but they can explain it and say, like, look, they're not mad at you for for the pimp right. job. Right. They're mad because you didn't get to second base and you got to get to second base. And that's why it wasn't a thing. You know, I mean, it kind of blew up off the field, but within their clubhouse, I'm pretty sure yeah. they moved on from it in five minutes. Absolutely. Mm. It was never the big deal that it was made out to be and still no. is made out to be on social no. media. The next day, that day in the clubhouse, it wasn't they were a fine. big deal. Yeah, yeah, you handle it like you can handle those things, especially with a guy that's that's a Latin dude that knows not against him. You know, exactly. you know, you know he's on your side. They can handle that type of thing in five minutes and just tell him. And then he's like, oh, shit, I get it now. And then you move on and it's over. But sometimes that stuff gets really blown up off the field and in the clubhouse, it's nothing. You mean on Twitter? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love Twitter at the moment, by the way. I'm on Twitter a lot at the moment because I'm so bored. But there's been some good interactions lately. I've, I've been actually quite impressed with bro- with the Braves Twitter. So I take some breaks. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you got to take some breaks. So yep. Ozuna hits those two homers over the monster. And then his third homer off third different pitcher, I think, right? Cal Hart didn't, weren't, weren't they all different pitchers? I think yep. both guys hit him off all different pitchers. And anyway, he hits it off uh, lefty Cal Hart and he launched that thing to center field. It just kept going. And initially, I didn't think it was going to go that far, but it landed on a little kind of a platform. It might have been a camera platform above the batter's eye. Yeah. Above the batter's eye at Fenway, which all of us who've seen games there are going, I can't recall a ball being hit there. Well, Peter Abrams covered the Red Sox for 20 years. He said he's never seen a ball hit up there, and he covers like every home game. <laughs> yeah. Joe Castigliano, who's done, uh, he's been one of their broadcasters since the early 80s, told uh, Chip Carey the same thing. He's never seen a ball hit up there. So we're all waiting for the estimate, right? It's going to be 480, yeah, 490. Feet. Uh, 434. We're like, what? Everybody, universal reaction is, what? Why do you even bother giving an estimate if it's going to be so off? Why do you do replays? You got the, you got the (laughs) scoop on that though, Dave. Don't they just, they just say that's where it hit? Uh, Frenchie asked, Jeff Francoeur asked somebody the next day because everybody wanted to know why was the estimate so short? The exit velo was higher. Uh, everybody said it was louder because they could hear it. And it was like, it was really was not normal. And then, uh, and even, uh, even uh, he, he said it himself that he hit that one harder. Ozuna said he hit that one harder than the other two. Everybody said it. And then all these guys saying they've never seen a ball there. I mean, you had Big Poppy play there for how many years? Yeah. You know? Ted Williams, never seen a ball hit. To, yeah, Manny. Willie Mopena played there. Right. Willie Mopena. Joe Soltalamacchia. Willie Mopena. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Green. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Green couldn't even get one up there. So Frenchie asked, and they said, well, it's where the, the, the estimate they did was where the ball stopped. So it landed on its platform and stopped. Like, cool. That's when Thank I heard you. that, it just made me so angry because that's what happened the first couple of years when they were given estimates. Some of the ballparks <laughs> did it differently than other ballparks. They're supposed to give the estimate is supposed to be universal where the ball would land if it didn't hit anything, if there was no fence, if it, you know, there was no catwalk like a Tampa Bay. So they give you like three different arcs to pick from. Was it a line drive? Was it a high arc? Was it a middle right? And then you're supposed to look at, and then they have a graph with all the distances around the stadium, you know, and you're supposed to 
put where the ball would land and give an estimate on the length, right? And then StatCast is supposed to help with that too. But if they go with where the ball stopped and point to that spot on this chart, all of a sudden it just ruins the estimate because it means nothing. Because it could have been a line drive on the way up, you know, theoretically, and it could hit a spot, you know, this happens a lot. Guys hit home runs off scoreboards, you know? So if it stops at the scoreboard, it would have gone another 30, 40 feet. So, or you hit the catwalk in Tampa, it's 296. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it, may, it it rendered the estimate ridiculous and just angered people that are just like, come on, we want the real estimate on how long that ball would be because it means nothing to tell us where it stopped. So anyway, that's yeah. why the estimate was so low. Well, that makes sense because those balls we're talking about, like off the, the top of the stairs at Kauffman Stadium, never seen one there, never seen right. anybody go in the upper deck at Camden Yards in left field. And you're seeing these yep. balls you've yep. never seen hit before, and then you get a distance that you hear twice. Like every every team hits a ball four thirty, right? Every week, so, and then and then maybe the ones you hit, like the two that were hit in uh, a week at Truist Park, that were like four seventy and two of the brace hit four seventy three Acuna's. That landed yep. in that those uh, those uh, the concourse uh, area, the seats back there. The seats are one one. Uh, it's one deck and they just go kind of back, not steep or anything. So if that would have been, if there had been a second deck there, it would have landed, it would have hit off the facade or whatever. And if you're one of these, if you're one of these stadiums that does it that way, yeah, that ball wouldn't have been. So it's the same home run and it would have been a 25 foot difference. At least. I got a question for you, Dave. Yeah. You're getting this fired up about something that doesn't dictate any result in the game whatsoever. Yeah, but it's cool. Right, I get it, but talk to me about replay. They've oh screwed up replay so Pete, bad. Pete, I've said from I didn't like I didn't like replay even before it was bad. Even before we realized they're going to screw it up, I didn't like replay. I don't like the concept of, for instance, one of the things that pisses me off about replay. Yeah, is, I know where you're going. Is fielders keeping their glove on a guy when he steals on the, the base hitter, once a, exactly. So yeah. he comes off the base for a nanosecond that you can't even see unless it's super slow mo. That takes yep. away from the spirit of the rule because what does that prove? One hundred percent. Simmons so does guy, that all game. Every time somebody's on second yeah. base, he's held the glove on them while they smart, stand You're going to do it. So yeah. they played the game 150 years, and you're rewarded it for stolen base for being aggressive. All of a sudden, if you're so worried about your foot coming off the base for a nanosecond because the super slow mo is going to catch it, that's dumb. So that's dumb right there. But the thing that pisses me off, that, like you're talking about, is. When it clearly shows a call, everybody at home can see it, and the umpires say that there's not enough evidence to overturn it. That just pisses me yeah. off. It, it's ridiculous. It happens yeah. too about, much. Okay, next one. What about drop third strike? Whatever. Whatever? What about it? You don't think it's a stupid rule that the guy takes a swing at a 54-foot curveball and he gets to run to first base? I mean, it's kind of because you throw a 54-foot curveball. Right, but if I threw a 50-foot curveball the pitch before and it was strike two, yeah. he doesn't get to run the first base. It, it is kind of a strange rule. It really is, especially with guys throwing breaking balls like they are now with the, you know, that are so severe and guys missing. So you can bounce it on strike one yeah. and two. You just can't bounce it well, on yeah, strike but you three. Take, that the that's, that's the same thing as the automatic strike zone is you're taking value away from catchers if you start changing those yeah. rules, you know, like framing. And it, all of a sudden, the catcher's right. just a guy back there just right. catching balls. I understand that there's a difference between a guy you can throw into a freaking tire and have an automatic strike zone. I get that. Framing is, is, is what it is. What I'm talking about is the fact that the hitter swung at a strike 
And just because it was the third strike and because it bounced, he gets to go to first base. I'm cool with it. I mean, I, like I said, I, th- really? I think it adds value to the catcher's position of keeping that in front of him. Okay. So, so but, but going back to replay, people say that, well, the goal is to get it right. Don't you want him to get it right? So there's been – no, there's and, and granted, there are plenty of times – where a call, a guy's safe at home and he's called out and replay shows that he was safe in the call. There are plenty of those, right? But on balance, has it made the game better? No. Because it slows the game down three or four times a game at least when they do the stupid well, And it takes two- four minutes to not overturn it. it. Exactly. And then you see the first replay and you know what the call should be. And then it just frustrates everybody when they don't get it right. So has it made the game better? I say it hasn't. No. I say it has not made the game better. It's no, and entertainment worse. factor, like one of the most fun things to watch is a, is a manager losing yes. his mind over a bad call that yes. everybody knows. Yeah. And it's eliminated. It's eliminated manager uh, uh, arguments for the most part. Yeah. And I mean, people came out and paid money to see Bobby Cox come out of the dugout. Yeah. Is he going to do it yeah. tonight? You know, <laughs> yeah, Earl awesome. Weaver, Earl Weaver back in the day, people paid money that to see the manager. Yeah. I miss those. And I miss the Joe fights. West. So, yeah. Anyway. Well, he caused, he, he made it fun. A replay. If you're not going to get it right, do it. Do it. You know, ninety ninety five percent of the calls right. Then just scrap it. What, well, what? especially if you're going to get if you're going to shoot like fifty fifty. If you're going to be fifty yeah. percent on these, do yeah. it in a minute or less. It's it can't take four or five minutes to get it wrong. You might as well flip a coin if you're going to get it wrong half the time, right? Yeah, yeah. Are they bringing the Hawkeye technology in for um, stuff on the Bates pass as well, or is that just going to be strike zone only? The what? The Hawkeye is supposed to the be the new stack cast. Uh, they need to bring it in for the home runs. It's the stuff they use at the tennis yeah. day yeah, when, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. when they show the overhead camera. Yeah. It's great. It works great in tennis. Works great yeah. in tennis. Replay's been great for tennis, but they do it quick. There's yeah. like yeah. there's like seconds. Baseball is like this. challenge, and then all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. Not it was out. Okay, sweet. Move on. Baseball. Yeah. There is nothing worse than a close game where the crowds roared and everything, and all of a sudden you're Five three minute delay, minute delay yeah. and it's like everybody's just sitting there going, and they play the stupid music, whatever that ballpark <laughs> plays. It's just dumb. The whole yeah. thing is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I love how old you are, Dave. Oh my god. I love it. <laughs> uh, so Ian Anderson benefited from one of the. Home run barrages, the one from Ozuna. Uh, Ian Anderson makes his second start. His first was beating the Yankees at home where he pitched his ass off, took a no-hitter to the sixth inning in his major league debut. His second is at Fenway, and this is a guy who grew up in upstate New York right outside Albany. So he grew up a Red Sox fan. He was equidistant, three hours from New York and Boston, and his dad was a big Red Sox fan, so so was he. Went to about five or six games there. So his second game is at Fenway Park, and he pitches great again. And Ozuna hits three homers. So Ozuna has four homers in Ian Anderson's two games pitched, and he's won them both. But he said, he's done it ever since I got here, and he's been doing it all year. He said, I think he's got four homers in my two games, so he's helped me a ton. I can't say enough about that. But how impressed were you with Ian Anderson, Eric? Uh, just the composure, you know. I, I, I'm sure, like he said, maybe maybe no fans in the stands helped that transition from from the yeah. lower levels to the big leagues. But Pete, I mean, he just gets on the mound and attacks hitters, and he's firing oh. strikes, quality strikes. Um, I think he's got some deception, but just to to go after those two teams, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm convinced. You know, if he if he'd had Me these too. two starts against you know the Orioles and and say the Marlins or, or Mariners or teams that are just kind of like you know mm-hmm. grinding. It'd be one thing, but to do it against the Red Sox and Yankees, it, you know, even just those uniforms when they get in the box against you can right. rattle you. At, when you're coming up and you see the pinstripes or the Red Sox uniforms or going to Fenway Park, 
I mean, it can, it can be overwhelming just seeing those, those names that you know. And he just attacked them like it was any other game. And it's, it's so hard to do that. And I know we've had. That's what I was. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say that, you know, you could look at the Red Sox and go, well, they're not the Red Sox Still, of you know, age. But if you yeah. grew up a Red Sox fan, you're yeah, pitching Fenway in Fenway Park. Park. Those nerves yeah. are just as good as if. As it, like for him to overcome the yeah. nerve factor itself, let alone the opponents. That's the biggest hurdle. Awesome. Newcomb went in there. A Boston guy went in there. He just melted. Remember, he was having on a great role, and he was just a disaster when he went into Fenway Park. Granted, there were fans, but and he was Newcomb, but still, that's I that's mean, the whole thing, though. Yeah. That's the whole battle is 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 playing the same game, and you hear everybody say it, but it, it's a lot different going out there and doing it and applying it when you have all these emotions to control that you're just not used to having. And I know we've seen guys like, you know, we've been fooled by a guy like Whistler will come up and have a couple of good starts or whatever. And there's been other guys have, but I'm with you. I'm sold on Ian Anderson because I don't think there's anything fluky about what he did. I don't think it was a trick pitch or guys. It's not just no, stuff. No, he's right. pitching. It's not just stuff. Yeah, he's he pitches. pitches man. Yeah. He's throwing mid nineties. He's locating his fastball. He's got a great changeup, which we didn't know existed. And he's really honed that, I guess, in the last six, eight months. Because before he was the curveball was his best pitch, best secondary pitch. Now it's the change. I asked him that. I asked him that when I spoke to him, and he said that he started throwing it in A ball. Okay. And then once he got to AAA, he realized that it was probably his predominantly best off-speed pitch, and started throwing it more. So it's it's his number two pitch now, and it's not going to take long for guys to obviously realize that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he can throw it inside the righties too, it's, yeah, that's that's, that's oof, it's a game changer. Yeah, he pitches gotta, in really well. If you got a great mm-hmm. changeup, it doesn't really matter if guys know it. They're not going to – I mean, like Med. Look at Med had that great changeup, you know? I mean, if you got a great changeup, right, you can go a long way. But look at Tom Glavin, what he did with his. Well, and that excuse of, you know, maybe the Yankees not having the scouting report on, and that goes right. out the window because the Red Sox had the chance to exactly. watch his whole start and, and, and beat the Yankees with that pitch, and he still was beating them with it. And in this day and age, the scouting reports, just one start, they're going to have everything. they got everything on them. Yeah. yeah. No, I think his fastball plays up. I think he hides the ball really well. And his direction. I mean, when you watch him, he's not spinning off. I mean, he's going right at the hitter. All of his energy goes right to his that high front side. Yeah, his high front side. I mean, he hides the ball. I think his fastball gets on him. And when you have a fastball that's kind of sneaky and beating the hitters to the spot, then you mix in a changeup. For me, I'm just seeing him caught in between all the time. And that's not even factoring in his curveball. Right. So- you dump that curveball in OO or you need anytime you need a strike, just throw that. Like it's oof. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to do this every time out. Nobody does, but it, he looks pretty damn good. So, another one of those crazy stats. I mean, it was like weird how many all-time stats they did, but he'd be the second major league pitcher to ever beat the Red yeah. Sox and the Yankees in his first two starts. Now, who would have thought the second one would be a National League pitcher? But he joined <laughs> the great Louis Tiant was the only guy that had ever done that. Louis pitched most wow. of his career for the Red Sox, but those were his first two starts were against those two teams, and he beat them. Yeah, well, you start getting names, you know, compared. You start getting thrown around with names like that. I mean, even Babe the, the three homer thing, the Babe the, Ruth, the Babe Lou Ruth stat. Yeah, all, all you're doing fine. You're probably gonna be all right. <laughs> so Wednesday, the Braves fell behind three zero in the first inning. Now, are you say are you going? Have you seen them enough to think, oh, it's not over? Or are you thinking, oh, okay, this is one of those games they're just going to they're going to lose this pretty bad. That's all right. Come back tomorrow. I'm thinking they're I'm thinking this thing's going to get ugly. Robbie Erland gives up three runs in the first inning, but then he settles in, doesn't give up anything more. the The bullpen pitched five scoreless innings of one hit ball, five different relievers. 
Yeah. We talked about this bullpen before. Guys, when's the last time they had a bullpen this good? This deep, I should this say. This deep? I don't know. I mean, we, we had a pretty good one back in 2010 yep. uh, as far as depth goes. Uh, I'm thinking you know, the 2002. Years, yeah. I don't think we were that deep, though. I mean, it's it's been a long no. time since you've had this many guys. And not to mention with the DH, you can throw a dude like Luke Jackson two innings. You can have yep. guys go mm-hmm. multiple innings yep. a lot more. So that depth plays even more. But – no, I mean that's that's been what saved this whole thing with, with the starters struggling and trying to figure that out. Is no it usually once the starter gets through their thing, you're you're in pretty good shape. I don't know if um, you know it's the uh, uh, probably the team three years ago. I, I, I guess would have been that team that you'd look at the score and go, "Oh well, it's over." But right. I don't, I, it's not it's not that same team yeah. anymore. I think it's a different mentality. Even last year, like that, they've yeah. They're on a mission, and it, it seems like they're on a mission, and it seems like they've got one goal, and I, I really see that there's only a couple of teams that can stop them, and one of them is the Dodgers, and, and I, I think I think it's going to be a hell of a playoff series, whatever they want to call this thing. But that, you need one more starter. It's, that's the only reason I would have I, I, I was I would have I would have overpaid because you're going to have to overpay if you got Lance Lynn or uh, Bundy, as as obvious by the fact that. Uh, Neither one of them got traded because the, the teams were asking for too much. But man, if you could have got them or Clevenger, then yeah. I like this Braves team. Even against the Dodgers, I think they had a good shot yeah. with with Max, and then either Ian Anderson or Hamels, and then the guy you brought in. One of the that that combination of three guys would have been with the rest of this team because the rest of this team is champion. No, everything else is made. money. Yeah, you it's need a, you need. At this point, you need Hamels to come back healthy, or yeah. or one of the guys or like Fulton Fulte, needs to come back yeah, and form. Yeah. But it's you know you had a chance to really cement it, and I guess the price was just too high. But it's it's if I was a GM man, I would have had a really hard time yeah. in that situation not doing something yeah. stupid. I know because clearly they're seeing something out of Fulte, and they know something about Hamels because otherwise that's the only right. explanation that that I could because Alex is not a guy that's shy about making moves, right? Right. Maybe, but maybe when it comes to losing players, he is. Yeah, you know, he's, 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 he's like, managed yeah. to do it without really giving up any kind of prospects. And he wasn't going to do it without giving up two of them this time, at least. Yeah, right. two of the right. very so top ones. It, it just there's too much value in prospects these days. Unproven right. prospects that 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 potential, like that's that's you trade away a, a potential yeah. trout or a potential whatever, yeah. and and you, they look back at that, and that's what you get ridiculed for. Yeah, it's not anything else. You you know you might. It's it's nuts. So you get ridiculed now for uh, you know for the rest of the season if you don't do well, or you get ridiculed for the next eight ten years if you trade away a future uh, Trout or even Adam Wainwright. You know you get you never hear the. What end if you win the World Series though and you gave up? Oh uh, yeah, it's you know what I mean. If you win a World Series, then you can always say we won a World Series because of that trade. But mm. that's a big yeah. but. Well, we'll the, the time will tell, it, and if it turns out that we get to the playoffs and we're missing the one starter, yeah. then. It looks bad. I guarantee he. I guarantee he'll pick up someone this offseason because this team can be good for not just. Yeah, like this is. It's not a window. And this year, it doesn't feel like a window. This year is kind of like it's all rushed and it's all like if you didn't if we didn't get lucky with the bullpen and the, and the DH Azuna situation, like who knows if that move would look like it does right now. So this whole season's been you don't want to you don't want to throw your your number one card in 
on a 60-game season, yeah. I don't think, especially when you've got the chance to be good for two or three years. Yeah, we talked about that too. There's a chance there's not even any playoffs, you know, and then you, then you trade the form yeah. and, and you, you had a great well, the, division right. championship. And there's no way I would have done it for anybody that was not under control for no, at least another year. And yeah. like in the case of Clevenger, two more years. What, Bundy, I think, was two? No, just one more. But Lance Lynn, I thought, was the best one because he's under control next year at $8 million. Yeah. But the asking it, price was huge. What was the uh, what did Mike Miner end up getting? Players two players to be na- nothing, yeah. nothing. But he's 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 been a little shaky this year too. We talked about that yeah, last yeah, time, no. where it's like, you know, who's to say Fulty doesn't come back better than that? Or well, I mean, it's you could have got a, him if you wanted him. You could have got him. I might have tried that honestly, just to see. Knowing what I saw, knowing what I I know what what yeah, I, I think. It, because Mike's Mike's a Tennessee dude. He being in Atlanta would have changed his whole. You know, he's in Texas right now by himself. I think I don't know that his family's there because of the whole yeah COVID thing. Uh, they may be. I, I might, but I feel like if he's in Atlanta, he's a happier dude and and, and playing and for something. Playing for something matters yeah. a lot. Yeah. You know. You know. Uh, yeah. You know. Though Alex in the off season, if they don't, if some, if it. Uh, Falls apart in the postseason because they didn't get a starter, or even maybe if even if it doesn't, he'll go out and get a guy to another one year deal. Hopefully, not somebody who's thirty six years old coming off you know an injury like Hamels was last year. Um, hey, Trevor Bauer wants to do one year deals. Alex loves those one year deals. There's a guy that's the worth a one year deal, but he also going to want probably thirty million. I don't think he's going to get it in this market. Maybe you get twenty five though. Yeah, I mean, if if you got the balls to do that as a player, it's it's a great move. I mean, yeah, reward wise, risk reward is is there, but you're you know, definitely going to get a higher yearly they, salary. But they were going to pay uh, Hamels eighteen million this year. If yeah. the going price for Bauer is twenty five next year, I'd do that and replace uh, you know the eighteen million dollars salary with that, and a couple other guys are coming off the board too. I mean, uh, if I'm the Braves, I'd do that because they're going to have a good solid young rotation with. I think uh, Tucker Davidson we could see real soon, you know, and if he's even close to what Anderson was, I know that's a big if, but you're going to have Freed and Soroka that's going to be back by before the All-Star break next year, maybe a lot sooner than that. I mean, you got the makings of a really good rotation. If you added a guy like Trevor Bauer, holy shit, then you got a great rotation. Yeah, I think the hard thing about, you know, or young players the- and Anderson doesn't worry as much just because of the composure he's already showed. Yeah, but going into the playoffs with young young starting yeah. pitching is you, yeah. you just don't know how they're going to react to not, to the pressure, and it, it'll be obviously a lot less this year because there's going to be no fans. No fans, but it's, well, there it's might still be if it's a bubble, but it'll be yeah. neutral. It'll be neutral. Yeah, yeah. So it wouldn't be the same environment, but it's it's a lot harder to bank on a young guy going into the postseason. You know, it's maybe got four or five starts under his belt than mm-hmm. than somebody you've seen do it for a long time. Like Lance Lynn's been through the playoffs. You know, yeah, he's he's won the World Series. So yeah, it's so it's, yeah. <laughs> But just you need Hamels back. I mean, that, I think yeah. that's what this all rides on is if you could go into the postseason with with Freed, Hamels, and uh, Anderson, I mean, you almost put this team up against anybody. I think the slow mm-hmm. played Hamels because at a certain point, like you've said, Eric, at a certain point you could have maybe rushed him back and got him the second or third week maybe. I think at some point they just said, you know what, we can't afford another setback when you come back. Yeah. Let's let's take this and get you as close to 100% as we can, even if it's only for two or three starts during the regular yeah. season. We want you for the postseason. So, but even now, I mean, you you only have a little bit of time to get him back out there. Well, he's got I mean, enough time for, you know, if, if he comes back if he comes back in two weeks from now, he could make two or three starts still. Yeah. You know? Two. We've only got three. How many weeks have we got left? There's only like three we weeks four. left, right? Four weeks. Four. Okay. Four, basically. Basically, right? Yeah. 
They're at thirty. Pretty much. They're at thirty. What's thirty-five games? So they got twenty-five games and not many off days. Yeah, it's about four weeks. Well, and you feel a lot better of, with Hamels going in the playoffs with two or three starts under his belt this year versus a complete rookie, even if they're good starts. You Absolutely. Know? And he's supposed to throw. He talked about face hitters this week. Has he talked about whether he wants to come back next year or or, or just, is this it for him? Who? Is he Hamels? Hamels not walking away not, after not this. Braves. I'm saying, is is he going to pitch next you year? Know, shut it down after this year. Be- Maybe if he wins the World Series, shut it down and ride off into the sunset. Right. I but- think if somebody offers him $15 million again, he'll yeah, do he'll it. be out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Azuna. Uh, Azuna. He's, he's, uh, he started all 36 games, but not the way he thought and the way the Braves thought because there was no DH when they signed him. And the day they signed him, he says he's going to be our left fielder. They're going to work around the other spots, but he's going to be our left fielder. So he's only started 15 games in the outfield, 21 games at DH. That's not what he came here for, but he's a guy, one of those rare guys that really looks like he's thrived in the DH role that he had never really done before. Yeah. I think he still wants to play the outfield, but he's also probably going to come to the realization in this offseason yeah, that that's great. That but. There, there's teams that are going to want him to DH more than play yeah. the outfield. Yeah, I mean, it, I still want to pitch. But yeah, the teams let me know too. Yeah, it's time to go. People, people have asked me, should the Braves try to re-sign him? And I'm like, well, that DH. depends. That depends. Yeah, I know there's going to be DH with the next collective bargain agreement. I think the DH has been so it's gone over so well this year. Is it going to surprise you if they ram this thing through and the players agree to it for next year? Not at all. Not at I, all. I think they might do it. It's almost something that that they could agree to ahead of time to kind yeah. of just help with leverage. Like, hey, we'll do this, but you got to remember it when we get when it gets time to negotiate. Man, I, you, what about the um, <laughs> what about the extra inning rules? Please, no. <laughs> I, man, I, Pete, I got to tell you, man, I'm I'm a dinosaur, as you pointed out <laughs> earlier, but I've got to admit. Okay, but I also thought the wild card when they brought it in sucked, and I was totally wrong. And I realized right away when they had that first postseason, when so many teams were still alive with a month left in the in the season and and not waving yeah. the white flag, that the wild card was good, right? This year, I thought, yeah. Now we just got teams waving the white flag before the season even starts. Well, okay, all right. It's another story though. But the extra inning rule, I thought that is so bush league, so minor league, so that's uh, that. But I understand this year doing it, and it makes sense. Well, I got to tell you. These extra inning games have been cool, man. And I got I, – I, if they want to do it, I would not object to it. I, I think really? it's enterta- I think it's entertaining as hell. I didn't see that coming, Dave. It is entertaining. I just – and I don't think it's distorted the game to that great degree either. I, 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 if Rob Manfred could hear you now, he'd be so I, proud I, of you, Man, yeah, what do hired. you think? What do you guys think? You guys don't like it? I hate it for relievers. You know, you come in and, well, and yeah, of you course. know, I mean, they got to figure out a new way to sort those stats out. It, I'll tell you what, man, it's nice if you're it's, watching a game. It's, it's not nice. an earned run, though. Yeah, but it's at still the same awesome. time, though, oh, the the relievers get get saved from a lot of those seventeen inning games I know. where exactly. you throw in like that's and the, getting into the next city at six a.m. because you played twenty like no and position players aren't throwing the last inning. It comes a joke. Honestly, I don't even mind the seven inning double headers too much. I, I, <laughs> so, I that, that was the next one I'm going to say. <laughs> I do not and mind the seven inning double headers. If you're no. going to play double headers, because in a normal season you don't play many of them, I love them compared to the nine inning double headers. Are like it's a long day. It must be horrible for players because it's terrible for writers. I don't mind them. I don't mind seven innings. 
I think it's still the game, and 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 it doesn't wear out your pitching staff where you're bringing up all these guys that don't belong there the next day to pitch, and guys are getting hurt from over. You know, I I, I don't mind seven innings at all. I mean, it's just it's yeah. easy to be opposed to change just because it's change, right? But you know, when you're watching, if you're going to try to sit through and watch both games of a doubleheader, you know, even me trying to keep up with everything for this podcast, it's it's pretty nice when it's over after seven and yeah. and the next yeah. game starting in an hour. I mean, it's not bad. And you uh, can, so have, I, I guess, you can you know, have a lot of doubleheaders too because yeah. it's not it's not a grind for everybody. Yeah, I hate admitting also it. Saves, I hate admitting it. Also saves the relievers. Yeah. I hate admitting it, but yeah, it's it's kind of you know, just from a general fan standpoint, I could see how it would be nice to not have to watch you know seven hours of baseball and instead watch about five and a half. You, you basically just fast forward to the third inning. It's like, yeah. All right, let's go. yeah, yeah. It's like you, you can play two games in the amount of time that the Red Sox and Yankees play a normal game. Yeah, yeah, just about. But no, so I'm not. I, I mean, I, I I like all these changes, but I told you I hate replay, and I've always hated it. You know, I I hate replay. But I like these changes. These things have worked. I, That's the crazy thing, right? We've had replay for two, two, three years now. Yes, no longer than that. And everybody still hates it. Yeah, they tried these new things, and everybody loves it. Nobody loved replay from the start. Yeah, no, nobody. nobody's had this conversation. Like it's not that bad. Everybody watching right. is is pretty sick of a, a blatant, obvious call that gets right because everybody can because, sit at home and go, yeah. "Why can't the umpire see what I see?" Come yeah. on. Yeah, you know, you can see it first replay. You can see the guys out. Six minutes later, they say it's safe. So, there, there are there any other rules? That's the only ones they put in, right? This year for the for the uh, the reliever three inning one. I mean that or three batters faced one. I don't like um, that, but you know, I don't. Uh, whatever. You guys have a more of a, a pertinent opinion, a relevant opinion than I do on that. What do you guys think of it? Uh, get better, you know. If you if you can't get three hitters in a row out, yeah. you shouldn't be in the big leagues in the first place. Or like for me and Moylan, you know, I think it would have just forced us to develop that changeup because we couldn't have skated through yep. a season without one. Where you know I could get by just getting lefties out, and you could just kind of tailor an inning for me, you know, and give me a good layup. That was me. Yeah, we were both the same way. So I mean, we're two guys that don't mind it that may not have had careers, but yep. it, you know, my my mindset was always that it would have forced me to get better. Some of the characters of the game, though, man, it would not have been in it if you had that rule. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there's just there's just different people who come into the game. Like, just because you can get one batter out doesn't mean that your personality is any better than someone <laughs> that can get three batters out. Yeah, yeah, it's just different people. Well, you better have a better personality when that's all you're contributing. Right, exactly. But you can be an like, old there's, there's... fat guy, drunk guy, and still get one guy out. You know, with a trick pitch. <laughs> I mean, Lance Lynn's getting six out at a time, <laughs> <laughs> six innings. <laughs> yeah, we want him on the team. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Bob Wickman was uh, was. Uh, oh yeah, well there you go. The end of his career. There you go. <laughs> I will tell you though, man, it is you know just watching games and the game starts to get really exciting, and all of a sudden there's two pitchers coming into the game in a matter of of two hitters. You know, do you yeah, have to sit yeah. through two pitching changes? Yeah, the going those, crazy. that sucks. The game I mean, comes that, to a grind. From a from a fan standpoint, I like it because it's just like a buzzkill yeah. on the whole game when totally Moylan or Flaherty jogs in to throw three sliders, right. and you got to you got to give them eight minutes. You know, yeah, a couple minutes to warm up, right. five minutes to face a hitter, and then three more uh, commercial break, and the next guy has to warm up. From the flow of the game standpoint, yeah. I actually like that one. And may, and I hadn't even thought about that this year, but maybe that's why the games have helped has helped the end of the yeah. games flow so much better. Yeah, because you, you got to leave guys in. I mean, there were games where you'd see three and four pitching changes in an inning. Those Bochy. are brutal. In September, yeah, September, September was the worst. And that's Rock. another. There's another real change. We're not going to see expanded rosters, obviously, in September. Yeah. And the, limit those going forward. Limit those big time. Two more guys is all you need. 
Yeah. Yeah, That's September's it. used to get really out of hand. And yeah. you can rotate them. Take out five extra guys. You need more squad. than two. You, I was going to say, you need more than two. You need you need an extra catcher. He shouldn't care. But, but that it's not be that long of a year. You know, that your, your team's your not on fumes this year. You, you're not you're not trying to get through the season. It's only been a month and a half or a month and a few days. Right. You don't need them. But but that can yeah. be on your taxi squad. You say you have two extra guys. You could have a three-man taxi squad that you can okay. rotate during a series, you know, or a road trip. Like yeah, that's better for the game, not having all those substitutions and guys coming in. Oh, those are terrible, man. Terrible. Rock bottom for me. Rock bottom in my career was coming in. I was with the Mets, and I had like an 80 RA. We were up uh, we were up 12-1 against the Reds, and I came in to face Joey Votto for one hitter. Gave up a, I threw two pitches, gave up a single, and got yanked out of a 12-1 game. That was a Terry Collins special, man. He could trot him out there. Uh, oh, that's great. So, uh, by the way, Ozuna has eight homers and 20 RBIs in the last 15 games. Yeah, he's hot. <laughs> he's, he's doing fine. That's ridiculous. For, for the year, dude, he's hitting 301, 390 OVP, 624 slugging. The dude's got 1,014 OPS. That's who I remember, though. This is who I remember with the Marlins when he yeah, stepped the in Marlins the box. Like, so, he, so last year he had 800 OPS. Yeah. But he's always been a threat. And I think that presence behind Freddie's really nice to have, too. How about that outfield the Marlins had just a few years ago? Yelich, Yelich Stanton, Stanton, and him. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not bad. Huh. If you put together an all-star team of the Marlins at the guys they've traded away in the last eight years, pretty impressive. Yeah, but that's part of the stuff that we're saying is bad for the game, you know, yeah. just to, that it's rewarding. You can get rewarded as a franchise and, and make money by doing that. I, I almost think they need a uh, a draft lottery to to kind of combat the tanking where those those bottom teams aren't guaranteed a top three, four, five pick. You might wind up with 10 or 11 um, just to keep teams from getting rewarded so much from tanking. Because I, I think that is one thing that's bad for the game is teams that just, you know, and, they're not even competing when they come to town. And a minimal uh, payroll. Yeah. I say it. I say it all the time. Hundred million dollar minimum. Yeah, it's become it's become a game of who can time their rebuild better right. instead of who's the best team. Yeah, and it's bullshit. Yeah, hundred million dollar minimum because with all the with all the uh, uh, revenue sharing and broadcast revenues, and then what the the bigger teams are paying down to those guys and everything. There's no reason the Pirates and the Marlins can't have a hundred million dollar payroll in this day and age. Especially the Marlins, yeah. man. They had a stadium gifted to them. The taxpayers are paying for it who didn't even ask. They didn't even get to vote on the damn thing. <laughs> They're like the worst example of all this, the Marlins. They develop players, get rid of them when they make some money, and have the taxpayers paying for, for a stadium when they did not even vote. That's a great business model. The Marlins didn't pay. You know, they didn't vote in Cobb County either, but at least the Marlins paid a big chunk of it and paid for a big chunk of the battery yeah. as well. But, yeah, still. Braves, I mean. Uh, the Braves, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. The Marlins are just the, the worst as far as that. Samson. And at least the Braves Every are being time I hear competitive. That guy's uh, Samson's oh, name, I'm like, oh, I just cringe. Sleaze, man. That guy's sleaze. <laughs> he really is. Anyway, he's got his own show too, so he can go on the air and rip us if he wants to. That's fine. I'm sure he's listening. Yeah. Uh, he he hears a lot of crap, man. That guy gets, he, has, he has. He has ears. Um, was he there when you were there? Uh, at the very end, they brought in, you know, he was with Loria. He was Loria's son-in-law. That's why he came over from Wall Street, or as Samson called it, the street. <laughs> That's how we do it on the street. 
you're out. I don't want to have any beers with you, you after you if say you that. If you didn't hate him enough, if you didn't hate him enough, he called it the street. The Little street. Five, five foot four dude saying that's how we do it on the street. The biz. <laughs> So he divorced. Uh, they got a divorce, and he stayed. And and Loria kept him as his president anyway, even after he divorced uh, Loria's do- uh, daughter. I think that's how it worked. Yeah, that's what happened. Boys club. Yeah, it's boys club, man. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, guys, we've gone on here for quite a bit. If you got uh, the last thing I wanted to ask you was about uh, Dansby Swanson before we get out of here. Oh, I know what. I, I, no. We'll talk about Dansby next time. The dude is is becoming, in short, the dude is becoming the player that we thought he was going to be, you know, when he taken number one overall. Not a superstar that's going to hit 40 homers or steal 40 bags, but a damn good all-around player, team yeah. guy. He's solid, man. He's he's having yep. a really good year. If he just stays healthy, puts his, you know. But I wanted to ask you. He still uses the, he still uses the motivation of him getting traded as 1-1 as huge motivation. He wants to prove – to Arizona that they uh-huh. fucked up. I think he's done it. I mean, I think we're there. Yeah, I, I, I agree, but he wants to – Yeah, wants to, you got to keep that really chip on your shoulder. I think he stays healthy yep. this month. I know it's only two months, not a normal season, but I think the Braves need to do him and Freed this offseason, do what it takes to get those guys signed long-term because they're both guys that you want on your team, damn good, and you want – I mean, Freed is a no-brainer. you got to sign him long-term because if he gets a, another year closer to free agency – then it's going to be too hard because if you're freed, you're like, I'll just wait at this point if you don't want to do it, you know, this offseason. Yeah. He's got a ton of leverage because he's going to kill you in arbitration, yes. too. Yes. Desby might be a guy you could get for a decent amount because yes. he's not a big homer guy. You know, he's just a good player. And he wants, and you would think he wants to stay here as much. All yeah. the stuff he has tied up with Atlanta, you yeah. know, that brand he's building off the field. Yep. I think you need to take advantage of that and try to get him signed now because he's going to be expensive, too, if he does this, stays healthy for a full season. He's going to get expensive. Yeah, so, uh, but I, but the other thing I want to ask you real quick: big changes in the minor leagues. We talked about this when it, when the plan first came forward at the start of the pandemic. Uh, this was going to happen even before the pandemic, but the pandemic assured it was going to, because now the minor leagues have no leverage and nobody even cares. You know, they're they're deaf ears. You know, to to their, to their plight now with the with all the money that the major leagues have lost. Uh, but so they're going to go forward with this plan of slashing. 40 uh, teams from minor league ranks. Yep. They're going to go from 160 to 120 teams, eliminating basically all the rookie league and low A teams. They're not going to have those leagues. A couple of those teams are going to survive as high A or double A. And, you know, cause they'll shift it and get teams closer to the major league teams and cut down on travel and all that. But this is going to change the landscape of minor league ball. I mean, they're going to go to those 40 teams and try and try to get them. And Major League Baseball is going to try to get them to be either wood bat league teams with college players, or indie ball teams. Right. This changed a lot of things. I right? just think I think you're going to see a culling of the older AAA guys, yes. like we've seen in the big leagues. So it's just going to everyone's going to get pushed up a level. Mm-hmm. So the guys that are normally in AA will be true AAA guys. The older statesmen that have been four A guys their whole career, yeah. there's probably no not going to be around anymore. No yeah. because, Crash Davis is yeah. anymore. Nope. So all those great personalities that you talk about, Dave. Right. And Pete, also, isn't it going to eliminate all those guys that were really, really fringe prospects at best that you see in low A and, and high A that become a lot better players in the first couple of years and surprise everybody? They're not going to get a chance now. 
No. I think are they going to are they going to extend the draft back or is it's, it still going to be five rounds? Forever? No, it's going to be cut way back, but not five rounds. It'll be like uh, 20, 20, 10 to yeah. twenty. 10 to 20. I've seen those right. as the as the amounts, but that's way back. I got I got two I got two I got two ways of thinking. You know, obviously there's a lot of people that aren't gonna get a chance to prove that they they could be a major league baseball player, mm-hmm. but but I remember back when I was in rookie ball, there was yeah, there was a handful of guys that I was like, Why are you even here? Why, why are you even here? <laughs> yeah. It was there was a couple of guys that were just I don't know whether they were just throw-ins as a, a friend of a friend. But then you see stories like Mike Piazza. Like Mike Piazza was a 62nd yeah. round draft pick, right? Yeah. So I do understand that there's going to be a lot of people that don't get to prove that they had a chance to make it. But there's going to be a lot of people that never, ever had a chance that maybe have to face reality and go get a real job and set themselves up that yeah. way sooner than yeah. chasing a dream that's never going to happen. Yeah, I t- I, we talked about that when when it, back in, I think it was like, February or March when it was all kind of popping up. And I just said, you know, there's a lot of guys that they're almost doing a favor that they spent six, seven years making $400 a month or whatever. And these guys start families and have kids and, and then they get out into the real world and you have no job qualifications and you're 27 years old. Uh, you know, a lot of guys would be better off staying out of pro ball. Those guys you're talking about right. in rookie ball that they have throw 88 with no control or they hit 265 and they couldn't hit a ball over the fence if you know if, the, if everything they couldn't luck into a home run if everything went perfect and you watch them right. just like be organizational players and basically just be used by the system uh just to fill out rosters and and they're just guys for the really good prospects to get, kind of beat up on on their way up uh those guys are kind of getting done a favor by their just not being those spots anymore but yeah the mike piazzas and the prospects that turn it around you know you're not going to see those i also think you know if you talk so much about growing the game and then you take baseball out of however many cities or give that's it what, lower that's quality. What that's what I was going to say as well. That's yeah. the, the yep. bigger thing issued to me is there's about 40 towns and about 30 of them. Baseball's the biggest thing in the summer. I mean, yeah. it's like that's what the kids there do and the, and the older people do. I mean, Danville, Virginia, places like this. It is huge in those places, you know? It's yeah, a, you're taking that away. Of, yeah. So that places sucks. Like Chattanooga and places, I think they'll keep their team. But a lot of these teams have had teams for a hundred years. They're not going to have a team. They're going to have a wood bat league team and try to tell them, you know, the talent might be close to the same, but they're college players, you know? Yeah. With no affiliation to a major league team. So you can't follow them in their career. I do. I I do think, well, if, I think the minor leaguers hurt themselves though with how vocal they were yeah. the last couple years about their pay. Yeah. And, and wanting to you be know, part of the union and all that. Yeah, so many guys going online and posting paycheck stubs or, or showing their living situations and yeah. finding people, you know, in the media to kind of push their story. And it, I think the league kind of just said, well, yeah, you know, if if, if this opportunity is not good enough for you, then go home. And I think that's kind of what the league's reaction was. And a lot of times you got to remember who's in charge. Yeah, no doubt. And they're saying they're talking about once it's cut back from, you know, to 120 teams. Uh, folding those teams, maybe uh, those teams, getting them into the union, getting those minor leaguers into the union. That'd be great. We'll see if it happens, but that could solve a lot of these problems that you know they're yeah. talking about. Yeah, I, I can. As I said, I can. I can see both sides of the arguments. Um, they still will have baseballs in those town. Uh, baseball in those towns. Someone, someone's gonna gonna want to buy the baseball team and have a team, an independent ball team. Independent leagues are, are getting more popular now right. too. Um, so it shouldn't just fall on Major League Baseball to support the whole. No. I mean, obviously they have to throw a huge chunk of money at developing the game, yeah. but if they can't support every single outlet 
they've spread across countries. They're spread across right. all over the place. Like they can't just, they can't just keep throwing money at things that, that aren't going to be successful. Yeah, one of the coolest things, you know, you'll hear people around here talk about, they saw Felix pitch for the Aqua Sox. That's one of the coolest aspects yeah. of the minor league ball is you get to see these guys exactly. that are going to go on to be, you know, maybe even Hall of Famers. You get to see them at these lower levels and those yeah. memories and having those stories to tell really. I mean, that for, for fans that live in that city for yeah. or seeing David Ortiz play for the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, like those, that's one of the things that you're losing too. Seeing Chipper play for the Macon team, you know? Yeah. Mm. You know, that, that's what you're going to, because it's different. The, the talent might be better from in a wood bat, you know, with the college players. But you're right. not going to be seeing guys that are going to end up. You don't know where they're going to be playing. You know, right. in five years. And you're watching Chipper. You're hearing this first round pick. You hear all yeah. this stuff about yeah. him. So you pay closer attention. You get a real scope, and you have a pretty vivid yeah. memory of what Chipper was like in A ball, and you could exactly. tell he was going to go there and whatnot. Uh, that's getting taken right. away too. Yeah, but, but but there's also going to be cool stories of guys that are playing in those leagues yeah. that may end up turning it into a career yeah. because. You know, it's it's there's still going to be there's still going to be opportunity for these guys to play baseball and prove that they can still play. It's not like that opportunity has gone away. They've just got to make a decision quicker. And do I want to do this for even less money? Yeah. Or do I just want to go and start my job at Home Depot? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe you won't make a stupid decision to drop out of your NAIA school after three years to go play pro ball when you instead you'll get your degree. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it. We've. Uh, We've droned on long enough and then some. So we'll be back on uh, Tuesday. Say goodbye, guys. See you. Goodbye, guys.